Taysom Hill may be the quarterback for the rest of 2021, but the Saints still have some work to do to answer their quarterback questions in the future. What has to change in this New Orleans Saints offense next week up against the New York Jets and why this defense deserves a better offense and why they'll hopefully get it next week. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And of course, New Orleans Saints Thursday night football, unfortunately, an upsetting loss for this team, 27-17 to up against the Dallas Cowboys. And folks are trying to figure out who to point the blame, who to point the finger at, who to place the blame on. Is it Taysom Hill? Is it the finger injury? Is it the injuries across this team? And the answer for all of that is yes. Yes, yes, and yes. All of those are reasons why the New Orleans Saints ended up dropping this game. And look, Taysom Hill is going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season. So buckle up because if nothing else, you're going to get a fun rest of the season when it comes to what he can do with his legs, putting up over 100 rushing yards in this one, over 360 total yards, but also four interceptions, including three third quarter interceptions as well. Four interceptions for the first time for a New Orleans Saints quarterback since the 2012 season that horrible uh, Atlanta Falcons game where Drew Brees threw five interceptions and broke that streak of straight games with touchdowns or consecutive games with touchdowns. So the Saints have their quarterback right now in terms of who they're going to be looking at for the rest of the year, but do they have their quarterback of the future? It certainly doesn't look like it at this time. And listen, it was the first time that Taysom Hill started a game in nearly a year. Last time he started was against Philadelphia in November, I believe it was November 29th of last year, that loss in Philly. But when you look at the fact that this was the lowest passer rating for a Saints quarterback since the 2020 season in the Denver game when they were going up against a team that didn't have a quarterback over on the other side, the 46.3% completion percentage was the lowest since Kansas City in 2020, a game in which it was a 44.1% passer rate or excuse me completion percentage by Drew Brees in that one and before that it wasn't until you go back all the way to the 2012 season where you had a uh, 46.2 uh, completion percentage up against the Washington football team some of the uh, worst numbers that we've seen in the recent past in this game now you can attribute it to an injured offensive line which gave up at least 12 or 13 pressures including nine of which on a 38.1 pressure percent when it came to blitzing plays by that Dallas Cowboys defense, which was very aggressive throughout all of this. You can attribute it to the finger injury that uh, Taysom Hill had, but he'll tell you that it had nothing to do with the finger injury. He said that it didn't really impact his ability to throw the ball. You could even potentially factor in the fatigue of running at 1.3 times in a row, four times in a row for Taysom Hill, three called design runs in a row at one point and then having to turn around and try to throw some passes there. 
but there were also several passes that were behind players, including a big time missed touchdown to Traquan Smith at one point, had some trouble throwing to his left, which is something we've seen from Taysom Hill time and time again. And this was before and after the finger injury, by the way. It wasn't just after he ended up having that right middle finger in a splint. I mean, we saw it early on in the game as well. Another pass behind Traquan Smith as he was cutting from right to left. So some of the same concerns that we've seen around Taysom Hill as a passer continue to sort of rear their ugly heads in this game. And, you know, look, he still put up 365 total yards in this one, 264 in the passing game, 101 on the ground. And look, uh, if you're going to put together a product that is at least something that is interesting to watch and that gives you these explosive plays and gives you an opportunity to be able to pull out some wins for the rest of the season, you'll take the volatility of a Taysom Hill in this situation. He has only thrown four interceptions before this game, turn around through four of them in this game, one of which not his fault. The first one with Kenny Stills, where he dropped that one exactly where it needed to be dropped in between the corner and the converging safety. But Kenny Stills actually had two passes that he just kind of didn't really put a lot of effort into, one of which when he was coming back when Taysom Hill was scrambling and no receivers were really trying to work their way open. He didn't fight his way back to the ball on that one. And then this one that led to the interception, the diving interception uh, that was you know on his way out of bounds, but a fantastic play by the Dallas DB there. But Kenny Stills going up and just kind of knocking the ball up in the air and then leading to the tip drill. And yes, I know Taysom Hill threw it in the middle of three defenders, but that's the right coverage and that's the right read for that throw. That's exactly where that ball should have gone. But unfortunately, you saw Kenny Stills knock that one up in the air. And then you never really saw Kenny Stills at all again for the rest of the night. And then you got some pretty good play after that up until the three straight interceptions, a couple of three and outs throughout this game as well. Only five converted third downs, but you saw several rushing first downs throughout this one, including six of which from Taysom Hill himself, which by himself, he outnumbered the number of rushing first downs put together by this New Orleans Saints team as a team over the course of the last three games. So there's some things to like about what you saw from Taysom, but there's a lot of things that make you kind of concerned and give you a little bit of pause when it comes to the idea of moving forward with him as the future quarterback, which is a conversation that we do have to have at some point, because remember, the contract that Taysom Hill is on moving into the 2022 season could potentially end up being a quarterback contract for him. So when you look at what you've gotten in this game and you look at what you're going to be getting for the rest of the season, that's going to work its way into some of the decisions that have to be made over the course of the offseason where you should certainly expect the Saints to be very, very, very aggressive at this position. Now, not to just sit here and completely discount Taysom Hill off of one game. There are a lot of reasons to expect that he's going to continue to get better. There were some things that you did see from him that you really liked from him. A couple of really, really good ball placement moments. He was at his best when he was sort of charged with reading one half of the field, making a read, reacting to that. And if it wasn't there, taking off and running once again over 100 rushing yards in this game and some electrifying moments, including a moment where he absolutely just cleared via a hurdle over DeMonte Casey down the field. So there's a lot of things that you can also like and a lot of reasons for you to expect him to get better throughout this season. It's just that do you think that this volatility that comes with him is something that you're willing to risk as a full-time starting quarterback? That's where I think you start to ask the questions and why I think the Saints should be aggressive at that position this offseason. Uh, I did like that the Saints ended up moving the pocket with him, ended up moving him out of the pocket right off of the snap, getting him in motion and allowing him to make plays with his legs right off the bat. 
I thought that he had a couple of really nice throws, including a couple of drops from the pass catchers that were out there. And he was just, again, remarkable in the run game and really gave you the charge that you were looking for and being able to string together some longer drives. They put together a couple of four plus minute, four minute plus drives, excuse me, in this one. A few drives that were seven, eight plays long, one of them that was 12 plays long. I think you'll take that and continue to try to build on it for Taysom Hill going into next week. So Taysom Hill, you're looking to make some improvements and take some steps forward as they travel to uh, New Jersey to take on the New York Jets next week. But the New Orleans Saints offense has some improvements to make for Taysom Hill as well, knowing that he's under center. There was something that Sean Payton got away from late in the game that you want to see them maybe stick with in this New York Jets game and throughout the rest of the season. We'll talk about that and what else can help to improve this New Orleans Saints team as they can hopefully get healthier in the run game and find more ways to utilize Taysom Hill in ways that will certainly make him and put him in more successful positions. We'll highlight all of that and break it down here as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, listen, you listen to these podcasts for knowledge and you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you can get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all of the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data plans for just 30 bucks a month per line so that your family can harness all of that brain power too and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so that you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money that you'll save and all that knowledge that you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. Free phone is limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverages not available everywhere and for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. And once you get that new 5G plan from Boost Mobile, you're going to be able to call all your friends and tell them about the best tasting protein bar on the market. Yep, it's Built Bar. Of course, here we are more and more day after day. These bars just get better and better with new limited edition flavors dropping, new flavors always dropping, and a bunch of other cool products over at Built.com that you can check out as well. You can get the best of both worlds. When it comes to these, you get all the protein and you get that delicious flavor. You get something that's delicious and healthy and so many different flavors that you can choose from as well, giving you all of the extra fuel that you need. Look, people are very, very passionate about their favorite flavors. Mine, of course, is mint brownie. Let me know what your favorite flavor of Built Bar is if you've gotten the chance to try them. And if you haven't gotten the chance to try them yet, make sure that you get that taken care of by heading over to built.com and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, so you can get a 15% off of your order. doesn't matter if it's your first order or your next order. That's a 15% discount over at built.com with the promo code LOCKED15. Right, Huda Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And as always, thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day every day here on the show. Don't forget to check out Locked on Pelicans, Locked on LSU, support the rest of our Louisiana sports lineup as well. Y'all, listen, it, it sucks. <laughs> I'm just going to be completely honest with you to watch this team drop five games in a row for the first time since Sean Payton was the head 
coached 235 games it took before Sean Payton ended up dropping five in a row or coaching a team that dropped five in a row. This was uh, the fifth longest streak in NFL history for a head coach avoiding that mark. And now the New Orleans Saints have to make sure that they don't turn that into six straight losses and seven straight losses and so on and so forth. If this New Orleans Saints team wants to keep its playoff hopes alive, four and one over the last five games, over this last five game stretch is the absolute best they can hope for outside of, of course, five and oh, but look, it's going to be hard to beat Tampa Bay if the team is in this condition heading to Raymond James Stadium in just a couple of weeks. So they have an opportunity here to rebound, set the tone and put an end to this win streak and try to flip this around, right? Turn that frown upside down and go from five straight losses to five straight wins or four wins over five games. That's what the Saints need if they want to be able to keep their playoff hopes and postseason hopes alive. And I know a lot of folks just want this team to stop and play for draft position, but the best case scenario here is that they end up playing their hearts out and remaining competitive and proving, just like PJ Williams said in his presser, that there is no loser's mentality for this team. This is still a team with a winner's mentality, wants to go out and compete. You ask any player, any executive, anybody in any other organization around the New Orleans Saints or around the NFL about what they think about the New Orleans Saints, they're not looking at this team as a losing team. They're looking at this team as an injured team that Sean Payton is trying his best to get the best of. And honestly, I think that what Sean Payton did tonight, as I record this on Thursday night, uh, with Taysom Hill and this injured offense that lacks a wide receiver one, lacks a quarterback one, running back one, left tackle, right tackle, left guard one, and tight end one. The fact that he was able to get what he got out of this team at all and ended up igniting a little bit for this offense is absolutely impressive. I agree that the third and two uh, call probably should have been a run play. It's one of the reasons why you really like Taysom Hill being back so that you can really go ahead and just lower your head or even utilize him as a decoy and run you know, run with Mark Ingram instead or whatever it might be. But that third and two, I agree with a lot of folks that I probably would have taken that a different way or as Deuce Wyndham and I discussed, maybe having that go to more of a slant flats concept, just trying something a little bit different than the play action rollout that resulted in that Micah Parsons sack. And I know Taysom said after the game that he wished he would have gotten it out to Ty Montgomery, but honestly, I don't know if Ty Montgomery was going to be able to go anywhere with that one anyway. So um, when we look at what it is that the New Orleans Saints have to be able to adjust, it's about putting these players in the right position. Now, there are some changes that the New Orleans Saints might have to make. You look at some of the places where Taysom Hill struggled in this game, holding the ball, overthrows, lack of touch on passes, uh, managing pressure. Again, a 38.1% pressure percentage by that Dallas Cowboys team when they blitzed. Very, very tough when you have that kind of pressure on you all the time. That was a total of nine pressures in those situations. So when you look at where it is that Taysom Hill struggled, it's things that we've seen Taysom Hill struggle with before. It's not necessarily anything new here. It's not necessarily anything that we're looking at and going, oh, that makes sense because that's the first time that we've seen it. These are all things that Taysom has struggled with from the very beginning. So how do you build an offense that ends up putting him in a position to succeed? Well, add some read options, which I was surprised we didn't see more of in this game. And perhaps you're more comfortable doing that with Alvin Kamara on the offense. So if you get Alvin Kamara back next week, then you end up maybe seeing that get added, which I think could very much help them. Uh, more speed outs. Again, I loved what the New Orleans Saints did with moving the pocket and getting Taysom Hill moving and in motion early on right after the snaps and utilizing more of those half field reads. This is something that Sean Payton got away from in the second half. There were a lot of quick reads, quick decisions that Taysom Hill had to make that where he would either 
see if it was there with a short, intermediate, and deep route all on the same side of the field. And if it wasn't, then he would take off running. It was really, really effective in the first half and led to some of the more kind of momentum building drives that unfortunately did go stale at certain points, one of which got absolutely crushed by a terrible blindside block call. Another one got crushed by you know a lack of a pass interference call. Those types of things we see in the NFL all the time, it's officiating and that's what happens when you don't have full-time officials, but I digress. But regardless, you saw that working for Taysom Hill and for Sean Payton. And then all of a sudden, we started shifting and started to see them shift in the second half to more full field reads because Taysom nailed a couple. Then all of a sudden, more of those got called than what you were seeing in terms of the quick read speed outs, things like that, that you saw early on in the game. Maybe you stick with those, the speed outs, those quick reads, those half field reads, the one key, those types of things, which uh, Taysom Hill has shown that he can do pretty well. See it? If it ain't there, run. Take off, Taysom. And I think that that really worked very, very well for him. So just more use of the legs. Clearly, the plantar, the, the plantar fasciitis thing that we talked about and said, hey, maybe this ends up slowing down Taysom Hill at some point during this game. Maybe it started to wear on him a little bit in the second half, but it certainly didn't look like it early on in the game where he was scampering and jumping over defenders and running through tackles and playing that Taysom Hill style of football that we know is what makes him special. And I think they're going to need to accentuate that and hype that up a little bit more. And then maybe having you know those tackles that can get out in front, pave the way a little bit. Alvin Kamara, who can get mixed in a little bit more, things like that will certainly help. The downside to those speed outs though, and those moving pockets is that you're going to miss some backside reads every now and then. The, the interception that went to Trayvon Diggs, I believe that was targeting Traquan Smith over on the right side of the field. Juwan Johnson was wide open in this game. He had gotten back in the game after tweaking his neck after a really, really nice catch over the middle of the field. That was one of those full field reads, by the way, that Taysom did a really good job with up the seam. But Juwan Johnson was wide open over to his left, but that was opposite the motion of the play, which was sending the offensive play flow to the right. So that's going to be the types of things that maybe you'll see and that you're not really going to be able to get the hold of because then you're throwing that ball over to the opposite side of your body. We saw Taysom do that early on in the game. I believe it was just a second pass of the game that almost ended up in an interception. So you have to get rid of some of those turnover-worthy plays. But hey, look, when you look at Taysom Hill and what he's done over the course of his career, four interceptions over the course of his career so far, four interceptions on Thursday night, he's not somebody that usually turns the ball over like this for this team. So if you can start to build and sort of uh, really reorganize what this offense can do around Taysom Hill, knowing that you don't have to hand it back to a pocket passer like you had to do last year when Taysom came in in relief of Drew Brees, and they knew they were going to hand this right back to Drew Brees when he came back, then maybe you have the opportunity to make some nice adjustments here that could potentially work in your favor and at least potentially help you extend some of those offensive drives. And look, the best part about all this is that you have the defense that complements it because this defense deserves a better offense and hopefully they'll get it next week. We're going to talk about why this defense deserves a better offense and why hopefully they'll get it back all next week. We'll talk about that and much more as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Let me know if you ended up making any type of cash off of those Taysom props or the line over at betonline.ag. And if so, maybe you want to continue to try your luck or you want to get in on the NFL action now that your team has played on Thursday. You want to make Sunday a little bit more enjoyable, betonline.ag is the best place to be able to do that. Put together some parlay bets, loop together all of uh, some of your favorite matchups this weekend, some of the favorites in those matchups. And if you nail all those, then you get a nice payday out of it and a bunch of stuff that you can also check out in terms of their live betting systems, all with their new 
uh, their new online experience as well. So go and check them out over at betonline.ag. Get on in the NBA, the NHL. Can the Memphis Grizzlies score over 150 points again at some point this season? What a wild night it was for sure in the world of sports. And it makes it even more wild and more fun when you get in on the action over at betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N for that 50% welcome bonus. That's a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On at BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up tonight's episode of Locked On Saints, our post-game reaction episode after the 27-17 loss for the New Orleans Saints up against the Dallas Cowboys. Fifth straight loss, but hey, I'll tell you what, it was not on the defense. The defense gave this offense several opportunities to be able to win, and the defense deserves a better performance from the offense, and hopefully they're going to be able to get it next week. Let's talk about first why they deserve a better performance from the offense. In this game, the New Orleans Saints held Dallas to their third worst yards per play so far this season at just 5.6 yards per play. This is the number one offense in the NFL in terms of total yardage, 5.6 yards per play. Absolutely fantastic performance by this defense. Uh, The defense also only allowed 20 points. Don't be fooled by the 27 point final score. Seven of those points came from and after with the extra point, the pick six in the fourth quarter, but the the defense itself allowing only 20 points and one of which was on a big 58-yard run, which you wish you would have been able to keep off the board. I'm sure the New Orleans Saints wish they would have been able to keep that off the board as well, which also would have put the Dallas Cowboys yet again uh, for another week under uh, 100 yards of total team rushing yards. But hey, you give up some of those big plays every now and then, and even with it, You didn't see this defense give up much momentum at all. Only 20 points allowed. Hit Dak Prescott seven times in this game. Remember, that was a big key to victory for us was whether or not the Saints defensive line could find a way or defense as a whole could find a way to put pressure on Dak Prescott and a mixed up kind of Dallas offensive line at the moment that hasn't had an offensive line coach or offensive line assistance or strength and conditioning coach or access to the weight room over the course of this week. And I think the Saints did a good job there. I think they could have been more consistent with their pressure, but hey, they got their hands on Dak and they forced some incomplete passes as well. Some errant throws from uh, Dak Prescott that ended up falling incomplete because of the pass rush. They definitely impacted this game and then kept some of those that yardage down in that area as well. They also had seven passes defended in this game, including three pass breakups by Marshawn Lattimore, who also had an interception. Great to see Marshawn Lattimore back and really, really playing well again and coming out and having another statement game. Uh, They did a great job, and and Marshawn Lattimore was a big part of that as well, particularly in the passing game. Uh, Dak Prescott here, third lowest passer rating of the season, third lowest yards per attempt so far this season, and third lowest completion percentage of the season as well. Unfortunately, though, they still walk away with the win. And a lot of that came down to what the New Orleans Saints offense was unable to do when the defense gave them more chances. They kept Amari Cooper quiet, only two catches for 41 yards. Now, Amari Cooper only played 24 snaps in this one, but was constantly out on the field for big, obvious passing situations. But the Saints did a good job erasing him. He had 41 yards on one of those catches. The other one went for zero yards. So that should let you know exactly what kind of night Amari Cooper had. And CeeDee Lamb had a nice night 
But honestly, he benefited from one catch that wasn't really a catch, but the Saints just didn't get an opportunity to challenge it or didn't take the shot to challenge it. And so that way it would have ended up erasing CeeDee Lamb's biggest catch and would have knocked his receiving yards down quite a bit as well. But I mentioned that the Saints offense wasn't able to cash in when the Saints defense gave them opportunities. At one point, the Saints defense forced in the second half two three and outs in the third quarter, three more three and outs in the fourth quarter, and had the interception. Those possessions by the Saints offense were responded with a field goal, a three and out, another three and out, and then interception, interception, interception. And that last interception was a pick six. So uh, when you can't cash in on the opportunities, and we saw this in the Buffalo game in the first half with the four straight uh, extra possessions that the Saints defense effectively earned the Saints offense. We also saw this early on where the Saints had, I think it was four possessions in just the first quarter alone. There were seven total possessions in the first quarter between the two teams. The Saints defense continuously put the ball back in the Saints offense hand, but unfortunately, hands, but unfortunately they weren't able to get it done. Now, again, in some cases it was the sack from Micah Parsons ended up pushing the Saints back. In one case, that was the punt. Uh, there was another one with the 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 really really bad blindside block call that ended up killing a possession off of a a short possession from the Dallas offense. So there were some things that were outside of the offense's control, but for the most part, like three interceptions, not great, right? So how does this New Orleans Saints get better? We talk about how the defense deserves a better offense, and we feel pretty confident that maybe this offense can get there starting next week. Well, all of that has to do. With health. And it's not just the offense that has the potential to get healthier, it's the defense as well. The Saints could get Alvin Kamara back, Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchek, and then all of a sudden you have a really, really nice run game. Maybe get some more of those zone read, read option concepts involved once you get Alvin Kamara back as well. So that would certainly help this New Orleans Saints team, maybe lighten some of the pressure that Taysom Hill does get from that offensive line, particularly depending upon what happens with that finger injury throughout the rest of the season as well. And if you can buy these guys some more time, then maybe you have the opportunity to do a little bit more of that runaround schoolyard type of play that worked really well for Taysom in this game. And then, of course, being able to mix in Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram and really take advantage of the run game, just like we saw early on in the season where they weren't fully ready to open things up with Jameis Winston early on. So they were really run heavy with really, really good defense. This defense is still really, really good. And in fact, this defense might get better. Getting Caden Ellis back would be nice because you get another pressure player. Getting Marcus Davenport would be really great because you get another pressure player there too. Can Peyton Turner find his way off of injury reserve here soon? Will CJ Gardner Johnson find his way off? You saw some stellar performances from guys on the defensive side like Marcus, uh, excuse me, Marshawn Lattimore, like we highlighted. You also saw a really, really, really fantastic performance from Quan Alexander as well. So this New Orleans Saints defense can continue to win you games down the stretch. You just have to be able to step the offense up to that level so that they can cash in and make good on the additional opportunities that the Saints defense is able to bring around. Again, I don't think it's time for this New Orleans Saints to pack for this New Orleans Saints team to pack this season up. They should go out there and still try to win these games and be as competitive as possible, potentially play themselves into the playoffs in a very, very weak NFC uh, conference. And if they can't play themselves into the playoffs, then make sure that you're playing yourself into a situation where you're remaining competitive, you're showing that winning culture, you're attracting free agents, and you're trying your best to create and show what your culture is so that you can keep the players that you're trying to retain this season as well. And look, they can go out there and try and still lose all five games for the remainder of the season. And then they get the draft position and show a winning culture. Perhaps that's best case scenario. 
Deuce Windham certainly thinks so. So I think that, you know, regardless, this New Orleans Saints team should look at how they can continue to improve moving forward. And it all starts by watching the film from this game, learning more, and then turning their attention to the New York Jets and being ready to go out there and play in what should be a winnable game, which should be a winnable game up against the New York Jets. So can the Saints get back on track? We'll continue to cover that game and much more as we continue on every single Monday through Friday here with the Locked On Saints podcast. So we've got more for you on Monday. We'll break it down by the numbers when we'll get into film. You know how we roll every single week here at Locked On Saints, making sure you have everything that you need. Will there be a different starting quarterback next week? Are we going to see Ian Book? Will it still be Taysom Hill? What are the New Orleans Saints going to do next? Lots of questions for this team to answer, and we're going to keep you up to date on it every single step of the way, every single Monday through Friday here on Locked on Saints. Thanks as always for making us your first listen, y'all. Y'all have a safe and fun weekend. For your second listen of the day, go and win yourself some money with Locked on Bets. Go and check it out. Your boy Q, handicapping expert, Lee Sterling, getting you set up for all the action that you need here over the weekend. As always, for everything in between these episodes over at Locked on Saints, you can always follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.